Welcome back to the Nationally Syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Always love having Brian Gordon on the show. He is a longtime uh, regular, a personal favorite, a show favorite, a great friend of me and the show. Uh, Brian, always love to have you on. Uh, talk about, uh, you, you know, Gordon and Associates Long-Term Care Insurance, uh, G-A-L-T-C-I.com is the website. Um, for those who aren't familiar, because, you know, you have to introduce yourself often, but we always have new listeners. Tell us about yourself and what you guys do. So, so Gordon Associates has been in the long-term care uh, planning business since 1975. It was started by my dad, Murray Gordon. Um, I joined him in 1990, uh, right out of school, and uh, you know, got right into the business, working a lot with retirement communities and, and different organizations around the Chicago area, as well as uh, you know, even Indiana, Wisconsin, and helping educate people. And then in about 1995, my, my brother-in-law, who was not my brother-in-law at the time, Peter Florek, joined us as well. So he's been in the business now coming up on, you know, probably close to 29 years as well. And and what we try to do is make sure people are prepared for, you know, living a long life and needing potential help down the road for themselves and just making sure they kind of have a roadmap and a, and, and a track to follow if something were to happen to them. And I know that we're, we're in the insurance business. That's one way to help pay for the cost of care. But we also deal with some people who decide to self-fund it. And those are important for those people to have conversations with their financial advisors. So we try to just, yes. you know, connect people. And as they need care, we, we try to help them, you know, get them home health care providers and, and, and good agencies around the country if we can. So this is, this is an area that we've specialized in for, for about 40-plus years. Yeah, and, you know, it's second only to life insurance. People, you know, when you sit, sit there and they make a list of must-have insurance-wise, obviously, you know, auto insurance, you'll go to jail practically if you don't have that. Uh, life insurance, well, that makes perfect sense for obvious reasons. We're all going to die. Uh, but, you know, for some reason, long-term care doesn't show up as high on people's thoughts, I don't think. As you know, I sold insurance for years, and, and that included long-term care. And the reality is it's second only to life insurance of things you're guaranteed guaranteed you're going to have to use, you know, even way more so than auto insurance. And, uh, you know, uh, roughly two out of three are going to need it or wish they had it, <laughs> you know, or they're going to self-insure, which is perfectly fine. That's, that's great if you can afford that, um, but uh, not so great for everyone else. So t today's topic uh, I think is really interesting. What I love about it, as we were talking before the segment, was that it comes, it stems out of something that recently happened with you and your own family, which, frankly, those make the most interesting stories and interviews. Right, right. So, right. So, so when you, when I got into this business, never thought I'd be dealing with it and, and how practical it would be in my regular day-to-day -day life. And um, it kind of equates a little bit to long-term care, but it's, it's, it's also making sure that people have, have good, good advocates for themselves and people that know how to you know, fight for them and do things on their behalf. So just a long story short, I think we talked briefly about it was my dad ended up with a, a situation where he ended up with a blood infection and a bone infection. And, you know, things were not moving along real quickly. And, you know, those are the type of things when you become septic, you've got you to gotta react quickly. So we got in there, we got in some people's faces, we sat there and did not leave until certain tests were done. Um, but it also took me out of working for a few days, for many days, over the last, you know, probably six weeks, five weeks or so, in making sure that, that things were going well and things were being taken care of um, for my father when, when he was going through this problem. 
And uh, I think it's, you know, there, there's, there's many issues that we can talk about as, as far as where things go, but I think some of these people in the hospital are, are overworked for the amount of, of, of caseloads that they have, so I don't put that all on them. Um, but we had a couple circumstances where if things didn't move along quickly, um, he may not have been able to move to rehab and, th- and then move home um, last week, um, you know, independently, pretty much almost all independently when he came home. So mm-hmm. we've had many discussions over the years, and, and, and we know, you know, what his wishes are. We know how he wants to be taken care of. Um, it's partially because we're in this business, and, and my dad's a realist and knows there's kind of one way in and one way out of this world. Um, and it just depends on how, how that exit looks at the end, if, if things are, are problematic and there's health issues that are concerned about. But I can see personally how people can struggle to make some of these decisions um, if they don't have these discussions beforehand, especially if you've got, you know, two, three, you know, a couple of siblings and all three of you don't know what, you know, what to really do. And, and, and we're fortunate that that part of my dad's plan was is that he had these conversations with us and, and, and we knew how to kind of take care of things. Um, yeah, yeah, and in fact, your your uh, job in long-term care insurance came as part of that family visit. So if there was anyone who knew what people should know, it was your dad. Yeah, absolutely, and, and, and thank God his mind was always good and things like that, and he was able to make some decisions. But when you're in a lot of pain, sometimes it's hard to make decisions and, and, and to listen to what everyone's telling you. Even when you're not in pain, you're sitting there as the family member, you still don't listen to everything and can't catch everything because it's very overwhelming, the whole process with mm-hmm. that. So um, talk a little bit about the, uh, you know, the, the conversations. It seems to me you, you kind of have to choose among siblings someone to be the primary point person. And otherwise, you're going to have uh, a lot of acrimony, a lot of tension going on. You want everyone involved, but you need a primary point person. Uh, someone that the doctors and others know that uh, this is who you're talking to. This is who is who we're dealing with. Am I right or am I wrong on that? That this seems from a uh, you know with too many chefs spoiled ruined the soup you know type of view. Right, right. No, absolutely. It's, it's best to have one point person because that person typically is trying to keep all the notes and coordinate everything with the family. Um, I just know between my, my sister and I, and when we meet with the doctors and, 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 and other another person that, that was involved with this as well, we were all taking notes. I was chugging away on my notes on my phone and just doing what I could um, just to make sure when I went back to my own doctor or to my personal care advocates that I know or care managers, I was able to tell them everything that the doctors were telling us to make sure we were on that right track with, with my dad. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you don't want the left hand not knowing what the right hand is doing when it comes to stuff like that. That is for sure. And I guess, you know, your sister got lucky because, again, this sounds so sexist. I'm so 20th century, but I'm not saying this because it's right or the way it should be. Uh, but but as has always been historically, even with all the changes uh, of, of the role of women in our society, uh, you know, is that Oh, the women, the women are going to take care of that. <laughs> you know, the daughter will be the point person on that. The daughter, you know, that's how, it, how you know, it just tends to fall that way. And, of course, right. you bring, uh, you know, a perspective that uh, in the work that you've done uh, working in long-term care that you, frankly, couldn't get out of that, that responsibility if you wanted to, which you clearly did. Right. No, it worked well. We worked we work good, very good as a team, I will say, you know, we we got things coordinated and, and, and things like that as well. So it's, uh, 
you know, you, you, you try to do the right things. And as you go along, you know, everything's not going to be perfect in those situations, but it's always good to have someone else to, to bounce ideas off of and, 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 and to have a second set of ears also. But when it comes to our claims in our office, um, we, we insist on having one person as the contact for the family because it gets really complicated and, and, and it gets very, you know, you, you tell one person one thing and then it gets lost in the translation to the next person sometimes. So we, what do you think about, to, I'm sorry. No, we just try to be very clear with that because we want to have consistency with, you know, with our office and with our clients and if they should need some help. Yeah. Yeah. You know, talk a little bit about when it comes to long-term care insurance and, and clients, how often are the adult kids even involved in the process? So I'm, I'm fortunate. My clients, their families are, are typically very involved in the process. Um, I told someone the other day, and I probably have told you this, that we've got a very, you know, we've got a very old mature book of business from back in the late 80s, you know, through, through, the, through the 90s. And so we're starting to see those folks go on to claim. And I will tell you that most of the time we are dealing with the kids and sometimes my clients as well, as long as their, their faculties are all there still to help us with things. But we are, we are fortunate in, in that aspect of it. And my clients are fortunate that their kids are involved in this. Um, part of it is, is because when we write the policy for people, we will always make sure we will provide them with, a, with, with some extra business cards, a outline, of, you know, a, a schedule page of what their policy is and who to call if something happened to their parents. So my, my, my families I work with are planners, so they, they typically think ahead. Um, you know, a lot of times I find that if people don't have a plan for long-term care or they don't do that, the issue is many times I feel that a lot of financial advisors just dust this topic under the rug and they go, oh, you can self-fund this without having a discussion and a true conversation about what it really costs and what the reality is to self-fund this problem. And, mm -hmm. I, and I think that, that's, the, that's a lot of families' problems as well, is that they don't have some good guidance from some of their advisors um, because they're, they're not thinking of them needing care because they think that because it maybe didn't happen to their parents, it may not, you know, to, to the, their, their parents' generation, it might not happen to them as well, which is not the case. Yeah, I don't think uh, wishful thinking is a good insurance policy. Um, no. Talk no. about, you know, the, you know, sometimes the kids don't listen. The adult kids simply do not listen to what's going on. Um, what, what's happening there typically when you see that happen? So, I mean, some, some kids are just not equipped. They really have these conversations. They handle these things for their parents. Um, some of them, even if their parents have insurance, they will push back on getting care for the parents because, oh, it might cost them an extra three to 4000 a month out of pocket, and they're thinking about their inheritance sometimes. Um, they're not putting their parents' best interest at hand, and um, we've seen this multiple times firsthand. Um, fortunately, not within our clients, but within, you know, within, a, within the community that we live in, um, we've seen things like this, and it's just something that you, know, you, 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 as, you as the adult or just the parent um, need to make sure that you have your plans in order, and you got to make sure you, you you know your children, and you, you know you make sure your children love you more than your money, which which is what one of my uh, one of my uh, elder law attorneys always says. You know when 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 you're dealing with this stuff, don't just you know don't just not have the conversation because you assume they're going to take care of you. Make sure they understand what your wishes are and, and, and how it's going to be paid for. Yeah, that makes uh, that makes perfect sense. So. Um, Talk about, you know, how should seniors talk to their adult kids about this? What should that look like? You know, I, I'm, uh, it's such an awkward, uh, you know, situation anyway. 
Uh, you don't want to do it over a Thanksgiving dinner, although that might be a good place to start <laughs> noticing as a child, I might need to have a conversation with mom and dad soon about this. Um, but, you know, you, you talk about it. It shouldn't, should, shouldn't be a flippant side item. It should be something treated with sobriety but gentleness, I would assume. Right, right. Well, so the, the conversations haven't actually come on both sides of the table. A lot of times I will get a call sometimes for the kids being like, hey, my mom or dad asked me to reach out to your aunt or uncle, or even I'm dealing with two people right now where their friends are taking care of them. They are their powers of attorney, and they are their personal advocates because they don't have children and they don't have siblings or anything. So so it's many different people we talk to. Um, so we'll get the call from that, that advocate, the kid, the family member, friend, whomever it might be, saying what's going on, and they want to get an update on how this policy works and how the triggers activate the benefits. And then I also get the other side of the equation where my clients will call me or them and their, their partner or their spouse will call me and say, hey, you know, we, we see things are going on right now. My memory's not so good. I'm going through all this testing. Um, you know, I don't need help at the moment, but I need to get my family involved and my, and my, and my spouse involved in this conversation. You know, how, do you, how do we want to go about doing this? And yeah. uh, so we'll set up a time to talk to them. We'll contact the carrier and, and, and get a full review of their benefits and we will give him an overview of how the plan works. Obviously, we can never, as the agent, we can never approve a claim, but we can give the clients good direction to know if they have a valid claim to even submit at the time, or at least when they might have a valid claim to submit, they'll be prepared to do that down the road. Yeah. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Very important stuff, not fun. But let me tell you what's not fun is not having these conversations and then have to make these uh, decisions without knowing the, the uh, wishes of your, of your loved ones. Now, that's really not fun. So necessary, very necessary. Final thoughts, Brian Gordon? So I, I always say to people that, that, you know, what you wish and what you want and how you want things distributed at the end should not be a, kept a secret to yourself. It should not be something that's taboo to talk about with family. Um, a lot of people think if you have the conversation that, you know, they're going to they're pass away the next day or something like that. Have these conversations. You know, people have these conversations when they buy life insurance, when they buy a long-term care plan, and then, you know, 20 years later, 25 years later, if they need to, you know, claim a life insurance benefit, they know it existed. Or if mom or dad become, you know, frail or need care down the road, they've got a long-term care plan. Have the conversations. You know, people are preparing themselves, but they're not giving the people who are going to pull, pull the strings to get it done the information to work with a lot of times. Brian Gordon, make sure you check out the website, galtci.com. Thanks so much as always, Brian. Thanks, Kevin, for having me. Appreciate it. Look forward to next time. I'm Kevin Price, and this is the nationally syndicated Price of Business. Stay tuned for more after this.